Good morning, friend. Hope you're doing well. It's Saturday, 6 a.m., 22 October 2022. I can't believe we're almost to the end of another month and almost to the end of another year. It's pretty crazy, isn't it? Well, it's Saturday. It's college football. It's uh, getting cooler. It's my favorite time of the year, and I hope that wherever you are and whatever you're doing, that you're having a good, peaceful season in your life. We're have some people that we love that are in some seasons right now that are stormy and they're difficult and there's hard things happening. And I know if you get out on the prayer wall at wlewarnmd.com slash prayer that you'll see there's a lot of things going on in the world. And even if you're in a in a pretty peaceful place or time in your life right now, give a give a moment's thought or prayer to other people who are struggling and, and having a hard time. And and if you're in one of those stormy seasons today is self brain surgery Saturday, I just want to give you one little tool. I don't have a catchy name for it yet. I'll come up with something eventually, but it's just something I've been kind of tossing around. And um, as frequently happens, James Clear's um, Thursday blog that he sends out, 321 Thursday. Um, James Clear, of course, the author of the book Atomic Habits, which is really helpful, not spiritual, but really helpful book about forming good habits for your lives, for, for your life. Um, this week had a little phrase, a little statement that kind of lines up with what I'm always telling you about how to do self-brain surgery, to change the narrative inside your head so you get on a more positive thought process that helps you get on a better footing for whatever you're dealing with, right? And so we're going to talk about that in a minute. I'm going to give you one phrase from James Clear, a couple of examples from Scripture when people have done this, and just a couple other little thoughts, and we'll be on our way. we got to go to the hospital and make rounds this morning. I'm sure you've got college game day or something else going on that, that uh, you got to deal with today, and I hope you had take some time to recreate and refresh and, and have some Sabbath downtime for your family and your and yourself and your spiritual development this week. Um, be in prayer. Uh, there's a, a friend of ours who um, has relapsed into alcoholism, um, and it is uh, this time going to be one of those one of those bottom falls out kind of times for this friend. Um, they're going to lose a job. It's going to create some mayhem in their personal life. And and uh, just be praying. I uh, can't share details anymore with, with you about where, how, or who. But just there's a, there's a person who's going to get ready to face some consequences for a problem that just hasn't been able to be... Um, taken out of their life. And in a couple of weeks, we're going to have a conversation with a woman named Annie Grace, um, who wrote a book called This Naked Mind. It's, it's going to be an amazing Friday conversation specifically about alcohol. And this individual that we're friends with um, is is in need of some radical change in their life. And I'm hoping that this, this event is going to be the thing that, that takes care of it for them. But just be in prayer for people who are suffering from substance abuse issues, um, and people who just can't seem to shake some things that are holding them back. And that's really what self-brain surgery is all about, right? Getting rid of things that are holding us back. And the good news is you can change your life, and you can change your mind, and you can find hope again no matter how hard things are. There's some, there's a process. There's a treatment plan. There's a, there's a pathway to it. And we're going to share that with you. Um, my new book, Hope is the First Dose, is all about that treatment plan and how you get it done when you're having a hard time. And you can you can change your mind, and that will help you change your life. And Lisa's always telling us the good news is that you can start today. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. 
you can learn it, and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is, you can start today. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery to get it done. If you like the show, please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. Hey, thanks, Lisa. Listen, James Clear sends out a great newsletter. You can get it for free. He doesn't sell anything on his newsletter. It's 321Thursday, jamesclear.com. One letter a week. It takes about five minutes to read it. He always has three little ideas from his book, Atomic Habits. He has three um, or two quotes from other people. So three ideas from him, two quotes from other people, and one question. That's it every time. Same format. It's quick. There's no like personal information. There's no heartfelt stories or any of that. It's just it's three ideas, two quotes, and one question. And this week, the question he asked is exactly in line with self-brain surgery. And I want to give it to you. The, the question he asked this week, he says this, Without altering the facts of the situation I am facing and without ignoring the reality of what must be done, what is the most useful and empowering story I can tell myself about what is happening and what I need to do next? Let me read it one more time. Without altering the facts of the situation I'm facing and without ignoring the reality of what must be done, what is the most useful and empowering story I can tell myself about what is happening and what I need to do next? I'm always telling you, I've got. You need to have this attitude that it's going to be okay. Whatever happens, you need to get your brain in a position where you can think through the situation at hand. We, we've used the analogy of the first part of the movie Saving Private Ryan when those guys are on the beach and it's withering fire from the Germans, and it just seems hopeless. And there's some people, some of those soldiers, and they're played by actors in the movie, of course, but some of them just freaked out and they and they hid down behind the first little bit of shelter they could find and they just were paralyzed by fear. They couldn't go back to the ocean, but they couldn't make themselves go forward. They were just stuck. And the problem with being stuck in a, in a situation that seems life or death is that eventually those, those guns are going to hone in on those guys and they're going to kill them. And if you don't find a way to move forward, you're not going to survive. You're not going to succeed. You're not going to overcome whatever that situation is. And so if you could put yourself in the mind of one of those paralyzed people who are hiding behind the little bit of shelter that they think is keeping them safe for the moment, what stories are they telling themselves right then? And the stories are going to be, I'm dead. I'm, I'm hosed. I can't get forward. There's no way out of this. There's no possible way I can get through this. I, I got to stay right here and maybe they won't shoot me. Maybe somebody else will take that gun out and I'll be able to survive here in this place. It, it's terrible. I can't, I don't have any options. I'm, I'm just hosed. Everything's bad. I'm scared of everything. There's no possible way out of this. There's no way I'm going to be okay. That's the story that those people are telling themselves right then, right? Well, if you if you can find a way to change the narrative in your head, then you can start being able to take a breath and look around and see other possibilities. And if you can put yourself back on that beach and think about those guys, if they could have raised their head a little bit, 
they would see one person, you know, Tom Hanks's character, running forward into the fire, waving other people on, stopping to help somebody who's down and dragging them forward a little ways, making, you know, throwing a grenade at just the right time. They could see that somebody else is getting forward on the beach. Then then they could maybe remember that a few weeks before they'd been in a battle in North Africa or somewhere else and they'd been in a difficult situation and somehow God got them through it or somehow the the, the situation changed and they made it through that assault. And, and so then they would say, well, maybe I could get on my feet here and run forward and maybe I can make it through this time too. So they start telling themselves a different story. And once they have a different story, then their brain chemistry starts to settle down, and they start to engage different parts of their nervous system, and they start to tell their muscles, hey, don't sit here and tremor. Get some contractions going and run forward, right? Bring your weapon to bear and fire. Get through this because you've done it before, and there will be an opportunity for you to do it today too. So the thing about that is it's not Pollyanna sort of naive positivity. It's not when, you, when you're in a bad situation or there's a difficult thing or a possible thing that you might be afraid of happening. It's not Pollyanna and it's not naive to think positively about it. It's actually smart. It's actually better brain chemistry. It's actually a proven process of being able to get yourself under control so that you can think differently about possible outcomes and find a way to move forward in a positive way. That's super important. It's important because if you don't, your neurochemistry will never take you up. It'll take you down. It'll take you into a spiral of negativity, of worst-case scenario, of all the different ways that you can fail. And it'll produce either failure, inactivity, sameness, stuckness, or in a relationship it'll produce over time damage because the other person will wonder why you can't ever seem to be happy, right? So I'm just saying that if, if you can think about what James Clear said, don't alter the facts of the situation. Don't say, well, this is not really true. This is just, don't, don't say it's not cancer and pretend you don't have a tumor. Don't do that. But So without altering the facts of the situation you're facing and without ignoring the reality of what you have to do, yeah, I really do have to go get that biopsy. I really do have to go through radiation and chemotherapy. I really do have to pay those bills. I've, I've got to find a way to pay the IRS. I've got to go repair that relationship, whatever it is. So you're not ignoring the reality. You're not ignoring the facts. But but you are saying, what's a useful story I can tell myself? What's an empowering story I can say, hey, if I do this, if I go to that bank and I meet with the banker and I say, hey, I just I don't have the money to make this payment this month. So what can we do? I want to make it right. I'm willing to do whatever you can come up with that'll make this happen. But what can we do? Or take, it, take up uh, an opportunity to go talk to a person and say, hey, you know what? I really messed up this relationship, and it was my fault, and, and I want to make it better. And, and what can I do to, to get you to forgive me? Or, hey, you really hurt me. Be, be honest. You really hurt me, but I want to salvage this. I want to try to fix it. I want to try to repair it. So what can we do to try to get this back together? So find an empowering story. In my book, that's coming up. Hope is the first dose. And by the way, I got the copy edit back from the editor yesterday. So not in the next few days, I'm going to be going through Lisa and I'll be going through all their suggested changes and we'll be doing the final, final, final edit before this thing is typeset. And then it becomes a real book in your hands. Okay. So it's getting down to the nitty gritty. We're excited about that. But in my book, I talk about the massive things that happen in our lives and I give you a treatment plan 
for how you can deal with them. And the first part of the treatment plan is prehab. What we do in, in surgery, if I, if I know somebody's going to have a, a debilitating operation, is I make them get a little bit healthier before they have surgery. We do some some treatments. We do some rehab, some, some physical therapy, some occupational therapy, some training for them to get stronger and understand how to mechanically handle themselves after surgery so they don't get injured and that sort of thing, prehab. And in, in the setting of the massive thing and how we deal with our mindset, Prehab is putting some stuff in your brain, some good books, scripture, worship, thought processes, strategies, just some stuff in your head that you are going to have the ability to recall when you need it, when you're in a difficult situation. So the, the, Jesus says in the book of John that the Holy Spirit's job is to remind us of truth. And you can't be reminded of a truth that you never knew about. So you have to know about it by spending some time in the Word. So, so, so in, in the scriptural context, if you get yourself a whole bunch of God's promises— there's a character in my book named Lucky Chuck who gets a brain tumor, and he remembers that when his wife was dying of breast cancer, before she started the treatment, she told him, listen, you need to decide what you believe about God right now before I get really sick, no matter what happens with my cancer, no matter whether I survive or not. Decide what you believe about God now because you're going to need him when things get hard. And so that's kind of what the prehab part is, is deciding what you believe and having a set of things that you can call on when you need them. So that's part of this idea, James Clear here, without altering the facts, without ignoring reality, what's the useful and empowering story? And one of them, a useful and empowering story, is to flex those muscles of hope that I'm always telling you about, memory and movement. I'm going to give you two examples here. Psalm 77, Asaph, is in trouble. Okay, he says, it starts in verse one, I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me when I was in distress. I sought the Lord. I stretched out untiring hands at night. I could not be comforted. He's in trouble. He's hurting. He's crying. He's, he's fretting and he can't even sleep. He's having so much trouble. I remembered you, God, and I groaned. My spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. Okay, he's, he's in trouble. He's having a hard time. He's in anguish here. So what does he do? He says, my heart meditated and my spirit asked, will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his unfailing love? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? So he's he's trying to sleep. He's in anguish. He's calling out to God and he, and he gets depressed. And he says, is God just gone forever? Is he done? Is he never going to help me again? He's on the beach and he's hiding and he's giving up, right? And then he makes a decision. He flips a switch and he tells himself a more empowering story. Verse 10, then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. So, so he says, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm scared. I'm tired. I can't, can't sleep. I'm crying out to God. I think he might not ever love me anymore. He might not be there for me. But I'm going to do one thing before I completely give up. I'm going to remember sometimes in the past when God stretched out his hand and everything that seemed impossible turned out to be possible. He's going to flex that memory muscle, and he's going to find some hope in the situation. He's going to flex the memory muscle, and then he's going to move towards hope again. He's going to tell himself a more empowering story that will let him close his eyes and rest and, and not be in so much anguish and turmoil. Same thing happens in Lamentations chapter 3. The lamenter here 
and the people are in, in disarray that the city's been ransacked and, and they're just really in trouble. The king's been dragged off to Babylon and, and people are getting murdered and raped in the streets and the, the children's bodies are being eaten for food. It's just a devastating. The first two chapters of Lamentations are super depressing, bad thing happening. And then the lamenter here sees all this. And he's and he feels like he's got it worse than anybody. He says, "I am the man, the man who has seen affliction under the rod of his wrath, for he has driven and brought me into darkness without any light. Surely against me he turns his hand again and again the whole day long." This is what negativity does to you. It puts you in this this self impaling state where you think you're the only one that's having a hard time, that nobody else has it as bad as you do. It's just you're completely focused on self when you get into that state. He says, all these things are happening, but I am the man who's seen affliction. He's not murdered in the street. He's not dragged off to Babylon. He's not been raped and pillaged and had his kids eaten for food, but he's the man who's seen affliction. Do you see how crazy that sounds, right? He's the one who's got it bad. All these other things are happening around him, and he actually has the gall to write. I'm the man who's seen affliction. And he goes on. He's made my flesh and skin waste away. He's broken my bones. He's besieged and enveloped me with bitterness and tribulation. He's just, you know, horribly negative here, right? He's walled me about so I can't escape. Though I call out and cry out for help, he shuts out my prayer. Now he's blaming God. He's not even listening to my prayers. How terrible is this? He's grinding my teeth on gravel. He's making me cower in ashes. My soul is bereft of peace, and I have forgotten what happiness is. And I say, my endurance has perished. So has my hope from the Lord. He's cowering on the beach, and he's decided that he's the only one that's got anything bad happening in his life. So what does he do? He he gets into this horribly negative state, and he makes a decision, just like Asaph just did, just like those guys on the beach did. He tells himself a more empowering story. Verse 21 but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. And then he tells himself the story. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. So see, he he gets himself into that state, and then he flips a switch and says, but I'm going to call something to mind. I'm going to do something. I'm going to remember, and I'm going to take action and move forward. So that's the that's the switch that James Clear is talking about, except it was actually written about thousands of years before here in the Bible, right? Tell yourself a more empowering story. That's the self-brain surgery for today. Now let me give you a, a little bit of thought about what it can do for you and for other people if you learn how to do this to engage this part of the treatment plan the 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 prehab and the self-brain surgery okay if you can do that you will become more of a thermostat than a thermometer we talked about that a few months ago on the on the show this this mental image of being a thermometer which is the kind of person who your temperature your mindset your mood is actually just reflective of the people and the culture around you or more like a thermostat where you say you know what I'm going to set this thing, and people are going to be influenced by me. I'm going to decide to be positive. I'm going to decide to take action. I'm going to decide to be a leader. I'm going to decide not to crumble. I'm going to decide to flex those muscles of hope and hold on to my faith and move towards a better path and tell myself a better story, and other people around me will be influenced by that if I do so. I'm going to be a thermostat and not a thermometer. There's a a scripture in talking about how 
this idea that people can be influenced and, and nations even you know countries and worlds can be influenced by other people first kings 425 says and judah and israel lived in safety from dan even to beersheba every man under his vine and under his fig tree all the days of solomon so solomon the king was wise and he set the tone for his country and everybody else was was better because of it they were able to live in safety and peace and comfortable and take some rest under their fig trees and and because one man set that the mood and the temperature everybody else benefited from it and that's what'll happen in your world and your company and your family and your marriage and in your in your relationships in your business if you can become a thermometer a person who says i'm going to set a tone that's going to find a better story to tell i'm going to learn how to take action and not freak out and not cower behind every rock because i feel like i'm going to fail if you can learn how to do that you will be a thermometer I'm sorry, a thermostat for the culture and the people and the family around you. And your own life will get better. You will change your life if you learn how to change your mind in that way. Go back to Lamentations 3 for one second. There's a verse I skipped on purpose. I'm going to give it to you now. The, the moment that he made his switch. So verse 20 is the bottom of the hole. He says, my soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. This is when he's cowering on the beach. This is when everything bad that's happening is pushing him down, and he can't stop being afraid of everything. He can't stop deciding that everything is lost, and he is completely done for. And it's this is the moment of truth for him. He's going to die. He's going to pull it up, put a spear in his own gut. He's going to jump out the window. He's going to give up and become hopeless. Or... Something's going to change, and it changes right here. And this, my friend, is the self brain surgery of today. James Clear says, tell yourself a more empowering story. This is what happened when the lamenter did it in Lamentations 3. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down before me, but this I call to mind. The call here is a verb. He's taking action. This I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. And he goes through the prehab, this thought process that he decided about God before this invasion happened. He decided that God's love is steadfast. It's new every morning. His faithfulness is great. He's enough for me. The Lord is my portion, he says. If I, if, I have, if I lose everything else, but I still have God, I'm full. I've got everything I need, and therefore I will hope in him. So he says, I'm going to call this to mind, and that's going to give me hope, and that's going to be enough for me. That's a self-brain surgery switch that you can make anytime you want to. There's an old video game, Super Mario Brothers. I'm going to put a link in the show notes to a video I've watched. A, I found a guy playing that game. He's just streaming the screen of one of the hardest levels of a video game ever. I can remember watching my son Mitch play it and, and Josh play it, and it's just incredible that they got through this. This little guy... And he's got to run through all these swinging ropes of fire and all these murdering turtles and birds and snapping plants like, like big Venus flytrap plants. And there's all these fireballs and pits and places he can fall. And he's got to run through this whole maze and he can't touch anything bad or he'll die. And he's got to get to the end to rescue the princess. And it's just, it, it kind of gives me this idea of running up the beach. Like it seems impossible. When you first look at it, it's like there is no way that kid's going to get through that maze. There's no possible way. It's impossible. And he could just decide not to play the game. He could just decide to turn it off and quit and give up and never get through. But guess what? If he did that, the princess wouldn't get rescued, right? And he wouldn't get to learn that when things seemed impossible, 
sometimes there is a path through it that is possible. And sometimes you can just run forward into the fight and make it through on the other side without actually getting burned up by one of those fireballs or eaten by one of those turtles or fly traps or falling off one of those those mountains and getting killed. But there's actually a path forward to complete and win the game and set the princess free. And the only way to get to it is to make a decision that you're going to call to mind that you've played hard video games before, you've been in hard situations before, you've faced a murdering turtle a few times before, you've dodged a few fireballs before, and because of that, there's a path through it, and you're going to say to yourself, the programmers of this game wouldn't have put this level in here if it wasn't passable, if it wasn't survivable. There's a way to get through this, and I'll be okay. Or there's a way to get through it and learn something about myself and how resilient I am. Or there's a, a way to fail a few times and then try again and make it through. Or let other people see that I don't just give up when things get hard. This I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. You're going to tell yourself a better story, friend. This is good brain surgery. This is good neuroscience. It's good spiritual development for you. Without changing the facts on the ground, without it making some fake poly, you know, Pollyanna positive story up. And by the way, Pollyanna's misused as the actual story. She's not actually unrealistic. She's actually just a person who falls back on scripture and positivity as a, as a, as a lifestyle and always is searching for a better way to get through the situation. It's not naivete. It's actually a good strategy. But, but culturally, when we say Pollyanna, we're talking about somebody who's kind of offensively positive, right? This isn't that. It's a, it's a strategy. It's a surgery that you can use to change your mind, and that will help you change your life. And you can do it on self-brain surgery Saturday, or you can do it anytime you want. But the most important thing is that you start today. Here's You're Going to Be Okay by Brian and Jen Johnson. I'll talk to you tomorrow. to just be strong And it's a fight just to keep it together Together I know you think that you are too far gone But hope is never lost Hope is never lost
Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together via self-brain surgery, drleewarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarrenmb.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day.